Okay, and welcome back to the Play More Podcast. All right, guys, this is episode 37, and I'm so excited. Again, I'm Jay, your host, and this is brought to you by Played Again Sports in Kennesaw, Georgia, where we pay you to clean out your garage. So um, today I'm super excited because if you're listening to this podcast, really, and I was telling one of the guys here, uh, I pretty much shamelessly jacked this idea for this podcast off of the guys I'm interviewing today. They have a <laughs> podcast called Get Out and Surf, and uh, the owner of the surf camp along here with his COO um, of Witches Rock Surf Camp in uh, Tamarindo, Costa Rica, they do a whole lot of fun stuff, so we'll try to get into some of that, but uh, I'm here with Joe Walsh and Patrick McNulty. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Oh, it's uh, nice to be here. Yeah, man. Thanks so I know These guys are crazy busy. They have the whole town relying on them. So. <laughs> Don't think because Pat's sitting with his arms crossed that uh, it's because he's impatient or anything. That's his demeanor. <laughs> okay, good. <See? laughs> good one. I know you've called him Grumpy Cat. Yeah, well, yeah. That's Well, we've got a... We've got like a work group on WhatsApp, and it's a picture. You got to see it. It's right here. That grumpy cat died. (laughs) What? That grumpy cat died. I know. You got to change that photo. No, dude. It's got got a picture of grumpy cat next to the cookie monster. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's pretty much like, that's our relationship right there. That's that's Pat and myself. Well, you know, I love the (laughs) nicknames to begin with. And uh, you, on, on our surf trip on the Zori, you named a couple of our guys in our old dude surf club uh, group. Back in the day. Back in the day. And I think you did it just so you could remember their names. And those names stuck? They stuck. Really? Father, Father John and uh, Paul Beard. Nice, dude. <laughs> Father John and Beard. That stuck. And so dude. we've got other guys in the group with bigger beards than Paul. But, but Paul Beard's Paul Beard. Paul stuck. I like that. So, and I was, I was thinking of you, Pat, yesterday when uh, I know you talk about darting the sun and trying to get shade as you're jetting through town and I, I, I pictured kind of a, a cat slinking through town you know if you got your spots hitting shade along the way man because <laughs> so you're calling me a straight cat now. <laughs> yeah okay. yeah man All that's right. exactly how I felt uh, okay. yesterday yeah. Yeah. a grumpy yeah. straight cat well and uh, <laughs> I was hoping your uh, your guys' sidekick uh, Nikki could be here what what's 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 Nikki do what's his uh, role here what do any of us do what do you guys do? Did you ever see the man who would be king? Uh, the movie? No, but I'm familiar. He's our Billy Fish. Okay. The Gurkha, who does everything we need to have done. He's the guy. Yep. Hey, Nicky, we need, we need to do this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a real short list of people you can count on that whatever it is you need, uh, he'll be there. Nicky's one of those guys. And uh, not only is he... Willing and able. Not only is he a dear friend, but he's committed. And uh, I think that's... Well, well, Joe likes him because he says yes to everything Joe's... I say no, that's why I'm the grumpy cat. Yeah, but (laughs) I mean, I pay you just the same because I need to hear no. A lot of times more than I need to hear yes. That's the truth. Yeah, I mean, and it's not, and it's a joke because, I mean, I'll show something to Nikki and he's like, no, I don't like it. You know, I'll show something to Pat and he'll love it. But the point is, is like, these two guys are not only my two closest friends, but we're working in this business together. It's actually pretty awesome sort of relationship because you, you get to hear the, uh, the the honest truth. We're we're clear with each other, yeah. and uh, and Pat, you joke around, but you you know you you do absolutely anything that you know needs to be done, man. Nobody does that shit. You know what? In my in my little world, it, it's the same thing. Uh, we, you got your crew, we, right? We got, we got our crew. We kind of 
really all do the same task. It's just whatever needs to be done that day. We're hustling and bustling. And everyone has their specialty, I'm sure. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. My, my right-hand man, I mean, he can, Eric, he, he can he can do anything. He, he'd have had this hooked up, this <laughs> board guaranteed. He can turn a ranch. He can do anything. Yeah, well, definitely which is rock wouldn't be running if it wasn't for Pat and Nikki, that's for sure. So. Yeah, you know, we've we've come a long way. Joe and I met each other uh, about 20 years ago, and I was probably maybe the second guest. My brother was the first guest at Witches Rock, and I, I think I was about the second guest. And we came down here uh, when he just uh, ran an ad in Surfer Magazine, and that's how we knew him. We uh, went to Coco, and when we arrived, he was like this 22-year-old, uh, blue-eyed, wide-eyed kid, and uh, and you're a grown man. And I was okay. a grown man, and I could tell right away that this, you know, he was like, he was winging it a little bit. But he he asked us if, you know, he goes, uh, you guys want to go out to Witch's Rock, right? And I said, yeah. And and that what we're supposed to do is like you have a boat to go to Witch's Rock. He goes, no, but I mean like a big boat. I said, well, how big of a boat? He goes, well, 65-foot motor sailor. I went. Well, how much would that be? He goes, uh, four hundred uh, a week each. Sign I go, does I go? Does that does that include food and, and drink? Well, it's three meals a day, but we can't we can't uh, that can't include beer. I said that doesn't matter. We'll get the beer there. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so off we go, and that, that's how we started. And uh, and you we guys kind of stayed tight from we, then we on. We were friends. Totally. Like, every, you know, I'd come back every year, and we'd do another boat trip like that because they were epic. Yeah, and I'd cruise epic. up to the I, I would cruise up to the northeast. He's from Rhode Island, so I started going up there every September, or October for a good hurricane swell, and started surfing a lot in like Rhode Island, New York, that whole area. But, so that's what blows me away. I mean, here you have, you know, truly paradise and all the waves you could ever want. The fact that you, I guess, it's what you're surfing podcast is all about uh, for sure and it's you know it's inspired uh, me and my buddies uh, in different ways and uh, so we jet around to different places but frankly I just as soon come here I loved after I've gone check some places off the list and have been there and I like the memory but I love it here we I mean <laughs> so I, I love it here too we keep I keep taking these trips I've been to a lot of different places now that I didn't grow up traveling uh, and then I I kind of when I became an adult and I was a surfer I I started going to Baja a lot, like when I was in high school and in college, and that was kind of the start. And I was getting my Spanish chops down, and then, you know, I drove to Costa Rica on a bus 20 years ago, and that was a whole too. set of experiences driving through Central America. Um, and then over the years, taking a lot of trips. I know Pat and I we've been to Peru more than once. Yeah. Um, definitely surfed a lot uh, in the states, but you know. Yeah, we've been, been in Nicaragua. We've been to Peru, and a couple times, like you said, and. Uh, you know, of course, uh, many, many spots in Costa Rica we've been to and, and got some epic surf. And, uh, you know, we're spoiled as hell. That's all I can say. I yeah, mean, these, like, these days it's almost like you go on a trip, you don't even care about the waves. It's more about the experience of where you go, and then if you catch a wave, great. But better, yeah. if you really wanted to get the best waves, you probably wouldn't go anywhere. It's yeah, with right the, where I lived there. on the East Coast, we, everything was storm-driven. So, you know, you could, you could go a whole month without getting in the water. And because there wouldn't be any real waves and uh, so everything was storm driven so when we would come down here we'd surf so much in seven days that our arms couldn't move yeah you know like yeah, you'd have sunburn on every week. open part of your body you know <laughs> yeah. so but now we're down here and you know I'll go well you know the wind is kind of like a little side you know a little side wind here today 
So that was my next thing. Some of my California buddies, they, they, uh, they, they joined on to our old dude surf club group. And uh, we've been good for them because we got them kind of re-excited about it because I'm, you know, I'm 52 years old, but I'm still like a grom. I'm so excited about surfing. And I first learned how to surf here. I'd never touched a surfboard until I walked in your surf camp. Yeah. I mean, I'd watched Riding Giants and then Endless Summer and then my buddy Bruce goes, well, let's go surf it. And I was so nervous. Uh, okay, uh, sure, I guess. You know, and I, I didn't know. I mean, I'd always gone to the Gulf of Mexico where I grew up, you know, the, the vacation and stuff, and, yeah. you know, Panhandle and Clearwater or whatever. So I really didn't know way. So I thought, okay, well, I guess we'll just drive to the East Coast. And it was, uh, I was kind of talking aloud to a customer in my store. And uh, he goes, what do you want to go there for? Or, or, no, if, well, no, then Bruce said, he goes, well, listen, if we're going to nuke a whole weekend or whatever, let's go where we can guarantee there's waves. So we're like, okay, well, California. And that's what a, a local in the store said. What do you want to go there for? There's cold water, there's sharks, there's Tons locals, <laughs> it's expensive. You can rip down to Costa Rica, you know, faster than you can fly to California. It's and true. It's and cheap, so much cheaper now, especially for people. They, instead of going to Hawaii, you can go to Costa Rica. It's like half the price you trip. You know, I thought that it changed as, as Costa Rica became more popular because my flight here last year was like 1200 bucks. And then now it's cheap again. And then this year it was like $300 or something. I just couldn't even believe it. Yeah. Yeah, they got more. They got more uh, runs. That's why it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not so unique anymore. You know, they're able to to fill planes. I yeah. guess that's what it's all about. Well, good. Yeah. So we were going to uh, um, uh, La Saladita in March, uh -huh. and that was our because I brought my California buddies here to. Sayulita. No, uh, Saladita. In Mexico. In Mexico, mainland Mexico. It's okay. supposed to be like the longest left hand. Point in mainland Mexico. Okay. It's just north of Zihuatanejo, uh -huh. which is just cool to say. Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, <laughs> that's where uh, Andy so cool. from uh, Shawshank Redemption. Remember what? Yeah, that's exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. After so, you, after you climb through that tunnel of shit. <laughs> so shit. <laughs> it's like where's the nicest place? The most opposite place. The white sand beaches of Zihuatanejo. Zihuatanejo. Yeah, you got some ways. I went. I stopped through there when I drove down to Costa Rica years ago, and I remember it being a real beautiful, beautiful little beach community. I'm sure it's grown, but uh, well, because yeah. I drug my California buddies here last year, and one of them was real tentative about it. I'm like, dude, I guarantee you'll catch, you'll you'll have waves. Of course, that was a kiss of death. It, couldn't have been any windier when we were here last year. It was, it was ridiculous. Uh, at least it was probably offshore wind, though. Yeah, it was all offshore wind. Yeah, so that could be hard, though, because it can blow pretty darn strong. It's tricky. But, uh, so now they're dragging us to a, a West Coast place. That's which, cool. Which is cool, man. I'm, I'm excited. But the, then this, the flights were so cheap, so this is why it's last minute, and I couldn't stay at your place. I'm staying down the road. The second time of my 11 times here, I haven't stayed at your camp. Because we were booked it up. It sucks, man. I mean, it's, it's okay. Well, last it's minute, nice, you know, when you book last minute, that's what happens. Great, but I travel last minute though. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you can see the small port. It's right now. It's the middle of high season, and uh, maybe that might only if be. If you're the, spending all your time in your room, and then you're not doing the right thing down here anyway, so yeah. it's just a place to crash. Yeah, that, wherever that's, that's it is. All we're doing. I'm still spending most of the time <laughs> sitting around your, your place. But, yeah. Hey, before we get going, I got a couple gifts for you guys. Oh. And I had one for Nikki too, so I'll I'm take not it. like I'll a, take it. a pepper guy, but these things made it. Without, uh, what is this? Uh, these are like 
Man, I tell you what, if, if any Italian food, um, or uh, if you got like a deli sandwich. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, some, yeah, okay, um, yeah, yeah. It's like little pepperoncinis. But it's different. It's a different flavor, and uh, I don't know. I thought you guys might dig it. I'll definitely yeah, go to this. This is great stuff. Yeah. And then I got some shirts for you, bros. <laughs> uh, Swag, dude. Check us out. Uh, there you go. Oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And uh, it didn't really come out. It was the last minute, too, but we threw our old dude surf club there. And I didn't know the sizes of you guys. I get two larges and a medium. So Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a medium, so uh, it's going to work out good. Yeah, well, we won't give one to Nikki because then he and Al end up wearing the same shirt all the time. <laughs> We have these board shorts that we always well, seem to Nikki wear. Nikki never the same wears day. a shirt. So You're right, exactly. You know, yeah, like that's like a wasted matter. gift giving Nikki a shirt. Well, that dude it. is a stud. You know, I saw him getting off. It's like, what a good-looking dude. Good-looking wife. Good-looking kids. Even this dog is a good-looking dog, man. Was it Puka? Yeah. And then and, and, and couldn't uh, couldn't find a nicer guy too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, you can just tell. It, the, I met him last year, you know, formally. He he had a big scary beard, so I avoided him. <laughs> Uh, last year, coming in from a session, I just stopped for a minute and casually, you know, asked him some questions, and and, uh, and he just glowed talking about his wife and <laughs> everything down here and how blessed he is. I was like, man, that's awesome. Yeah, he's built. They're building a house right now, just around the corner from the brewery here, and uh, he's super pumped. We were over there the other day checking out the construction, and uh, it's good times, you know. I mean, when you uh, down here, I feel like. You know all these little accomplishments it's a pretty exciting place to live and it feels good you know the weather's nice people are on vacation or the people that live here are, for the most part pretty grateful for what we've got yeah there's a lot of good energy floating around for sure yeah so and you get robert august floating around he's floating around yes we do riding his bike legendary yeah. <laughs> surf, you know. yeah just just uh, just cruising down the street on the bike oh, every tuesday robert. he does uh and he narrates, narrates in the, summer. In the summer which is you know it's it's kind of cool to uh sit there and watch it and I you know I've watched it a lot since he's been here it's cool to sit there and, and have him narrate it never gets old never gets you know I've uh, I watched that last year when I was here and I'm gonna watch it again tonight and in my car I'm telling you round the clock one DVD after another play uh, in the summer in the summer two in the summer revisited and then uh, uh, riding Giants and then in search of Captain Zero as audio, but on the on the movies, I'll be driving and I'll get up to a, you know, it, it won't play on the dash right when you're driving. Right. So I'll get up to a stoplight, throw it in the park, so, so <laughs> you know, catch where they're at and drive on, you know. So that's funny. And you know, I was in an effort to, I guess, befriend Robert August, you know, and I I, I thought I'd do, uh, do some cool things, and I, I bundled up some couple care packages you know uh baseball bats and gloves and balls and some, maybe some soccer balls and stuff just to send down here to his name and uh you know, i didn't hear anything back and i'm like oh man what's up you know and, and first of all it's like 150 bucks a box you know to, it's probably stuck in customs for like two years right yeah well i finally pinned him down last year because oh that was you he said i got some note that there was some package in it and it didn't come here. He had to said he had to drive like you know to the big city or whatever, so, <laughs> and then sit and so sit he, there for two hours, you know, for some you know bullshit, you know, baseball bats and gloves, you know. <laughs> so he was all pissed. <laughs> you know, I tried, sorry, I tried not to even make eye contact this year. Probably had to go all the way to Punta Arenas, like three hours away or something. Right, right. right. That's happened to me before. 
Right when those Crocs shoes came out, the plastic Crocs. Yeah. Smurf shoes, man. I got a box of them from some friends in Colorado, and I was had to go all the way to Caldera to get this box. I had no idea what it was. What, what is it? Yeah. What and it was it? like just a bunch of plastic shoes. <laughs> and I was like, what? What? What the hell? What? The, what? You know, and then I was like, why would they even send these? You know, they were for all the staff. Everyone loved them. We were like, everyone at the surf camp for like a year was wearing Crocs. It was all the rage for a minute. I know. It's not still? I mean, I don't know. I uh, never. Yeah, I mean. I think if you wore Crocs in my size shoes, it would it would look weird. <laughs> Same, good. Yeah. yeah, dude. Giant, giant feet. Yeah, <laughs> Gargamel feet, dude. Those are like <laughs> for Smurf feet. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So, hey, dude, so you were talking about driving down the coast. Your first time, you bought a bus, right? You, you yeah. bought this bus specifically for the trip? Oh, yes. And so this was in... Uh, well, it was bought the bus in the fall of 2000 and then drove down, left January 10th, 2001. What did you pay for that bus? What year was the bus? What year uh, I actually it? still have it. It's in my backyard. I, I, I saw it back behind Boyd Lodrado. Yeah, it's a 70, 1977 Gillig, which uh, is a bus manufacturer. I used to be a bus driver uh, in college for like three years. I got a uh, the class C license and the passenger endorsement, air brake endorsement, all of that. I would took some time off and worked to the ski resorts, driving buses for tourists and parking lot shuttles and stuff. Yeah. And uh, so I was pretty comfortable with a bigger vehicle, and uh, they're super cheap. And they still are. What'd you pay for it? Under five grand. I paid as much for new tires as I did for the bus. And did you have any problems on the way down? mechanical issues um yeah you know a couple it it had a we brought a couple trucks on the trip and i had a car accident with my which is now my wife holly she was driving and we were in a suburban following the bus and we were pulling off the highway to where we were going to spend the night and uh first off you shouldn't really be driving at night in central america anyways for a lot of reasons yeah we had gotten held up at this or not held up like held up but like you just 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 held back it took hours to cross the border from el salvador and honduras and um and that's a pretty sketchy border crossing that's like the middle of central america and probably the worst like if you were anywhere is right it's a border it's it's right in there you get into guatemala el salvador honduras just just a lot of poverty a lot of violence and you don't want to be anywhere at night and they'd have like these like valencia and el sur yeah I mean, they always say the further south you go in Mexico, oh, yeah, watch out, because it gets worse further south, and I don't know. So uh, had you listened to or read In Search of Captain Zero prior to your trip? It's funny, because someone gave me the book uh, when we were driving down, and uh, I started reading it on the drive. What's funny, too, is we know we're, like, friends with Captain Zero. Well, you I, know, I and you heard you mention that you're going to interview him. Yeah. I'm super anxious to hear that uh, interview. We'll get over there someday. Yeah, but I've got it. He's he calls me all the time, Captain Zero. So he lives in you know everyone was searching for Captain Zero. Well, we found him. We know where he is, and he talks to us all the time. Yeah, he's our mole. He's a true. He's a uh, true character in Costa Rica. That book really affected me. I mean, I I read it several times, and then I have it on audio. So like I said, I just listened to it in the car relentlessly. And then when we were going to Pavones years ago. Well, after In Search of Captain Zero, then I read Cosmic Banditos, and then uh, uh, the book Can't You Get Along With Anyone? Yeah. And that had me, like, worked up. Like, I was kind of, like, nervous going into Pavonis. I mean, I was like, because, again, I, I learned how to surf here. I 
didn't catch a green wave till maybe the Zori boat trip with you in 2010. So I mean, from 2006, I was catching whitewash yeah. and loving every minute of it. It was just as fun as it is today, but you know, baby steps, right? And, and then so from, from that Zori trip, uh, next year we go, let's go to Pavonis. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, sure. And then I you know, read this book and I got all like really kind of heard the stories, like yeah. the, the old backstories of the whole Southern zone down there. It's pretty, that's pretty interesting. I mean, Alan Weisbecker, who's the author, yeah. uh, I actually met him in like 98 in Puerto Viejo at the Puerto Viejo Hotel. I was staying there surfing Salsa Brava and I bought a book from him. Seriously. And he was writing The Search for Captain Zero at that time. And I was like, this is just some spacey author, writer dude from New York. But, you know, it is a pretty small community after you've been here a while. So we've become friends also with their buddy. There's three of them, Peter Noldecken, who lives down in the Osa zone. And then, then you got Alan and then Patrick, AKA Captain Zero. So the three of them are from Long Island, New York. And uh, man, they got some stories to tell. I mean, obviously, you know, you've read it, those books but the stories go well beyond that. And uh, it's pretty interesting surf folklore, you know. I mean, so many people that are here in Costa Rica that came here from places like the States where because there was no extradition laws or because of, I mean, look at people like Dan Fowley, who, I don't know if you've heard that story, but he was- they scooped him up. He owned, he, he bought the whole land there at Pavones. He flew down in, you know, what, the early 70s. The dude was a drug runner. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and he found, by plane, he found that perfect point break. And, um, yeah, the history starts way back then with that whole southern zone. And uh, it's- He's flying out of there, like throwing money off to the local. Yeah, I don't know if he plant. did. I don't know if he did that. I know after he got put in jail, his business partner ended up like uh, selling, like he gave power of attorney to a good friend of his who was his partner that he sold a bunch of land while he was incarcerated. And then when he got out, there was a bunch of disputes and a little bit of gunfire I heard. And I mean, there's, there's been some weird stuff, you know, like that's the end of the road down there. Literally. And uh, you're right on this peninsula, the, the Punta Barrica, which is a drug drop-off zone. You got so much of a drug trade from South America coming up to the U.S. and all those remote points are like spots where there, you know, there's passing of drugs. There's people that are at the end of these roads that don't ever want to be found. That's why they live at the end of these roads. You know, yeah. two characters. Yeah, we were we were uh, while we were down there. I wasn't on the boat that day, but my buddy went on El Panga morning. I think they went fishing or something, but. Uh, the, the boat driver pulled up some, you know, buoy and like pulled it up and it was just a brick of, Jeez. you know. Leave, you gotta leave that. He, he said he put it down, muy malo, yep. and he just hauled ass out of there. and just. That, that's actually a pretty common story. I mean, I love the Southern Zone. I love it. I go there all the time. I love, it's beautiful, there's great waves, but that's a very serious, you know, there was a, just a year ago, I know this has happened more than once, but I mean, I don't know, I guess we don't have to get into it in your, it in this, <laughs> having fun you know no but dude there's a serious you know drug trade going on right now there's nothing but these drug runners and surfers at some of these remote point breaks it's just a it's a wacky scene i was so so apprehensive going you know how uh and i shared this on a previous podcast but you know how like animals can can sense your inner well-being or not and i swear driving into town there on this railless bridge and get into town and then a dog comes out of nowhere out of our three-car caravan and starts biting my tires. I'm like, okay, it's weird, but, you know, and he's just, you know, ah, barking with me. And then so I get in there. We get in late. 
there next morning, all our buddies who brought their short boards, you know, they're out in the water and I'm trying to get aboard and there's no place to get aboard. And there's the surf shop, the Tico time, you know, he's not opening up till 11 probably. You know, so I'm thinking, well, just walk up the street, you know, maybe you can, this guy ding repair or whatever, he might have some boards. So, yeah, I mean, it's early in the morning, you know, and like, hello, hello, I'm walking on some, some guy's property and this dog comes out of nowhere just ah, ah, and he was just right on me dude and, I, and I'm in you know flip-flops <laughs> you know I thought for sure he's gonna just thrash in I mean he literally escorted me off the property like, oh my gosh got back to the main crux of town there you know there's like not many paved roads there you know and, yeah, I uh, think there's any and uh finally get the get the board from the guy he rolls in and I, I'm like sharing these stories and another dog comes out of nowhere, and this one's wagging its tail, comes right up to me, and I'm like, okay, good. Comes up and then pisses on my leg. <laughs> <laughs> and I swear, I went right from there, just grabbed my board and run out to the water. I tried to jump out and look cool. And I'm Land so on the cute. rocks. Hit the fence, hit the rocks, I slide off, and I'm <laughs> bleeding within 10 seconds of being in the water. And uh, we saw a character from that book. Uh, in the bar that night, I just kind of glanced over, and, oh, you know, like, oh man, this is like over my head, you know. I like the fact that right there in Pavona is you got all the Barica Indians. Like, if you go up in the hills, you're in this like, you know, in Indian. Uh, well, they're the the Chorotegas, I think, is technically, and the Baricas. They're two different tribes uh, of indigenous peoples that have lived in Central America for hundreds of years. And it's all it's all footpaths, and it goes from the Costa Rica side to the Panama side, and they you know there's no enforcing of crossing borders. They just live like kind of in the middle, and then you've got these surfers that have kind of populated the coast and the edge on both sides of that peninsula. But um, yeah, you go to the local cantina. Well, they burned the local cantina I down there. That. But before that was like going to the Star Wars bar. You just have <laughs> these crazy drug runner dudes next to these frothing surfers next to some like indigenous dude with like full-on garb and, and jewelry and then there'd be like a live disco mobile with the music just pumping and you're like where the, where am i where am i and the wave was like reeling about 30 feet from where you sat at that bar it's incredible yeah that was well, you know and I, I swear i didn't know if we brought bad luck to central america or not because right after you took us on your boat i guess your boat sank the very next year after we were at the cantina that burnt to the ground nothing lasts nothing lasts forever man you know yeah some good stories so from it. jonah <laughs> maybe <laughs> i don't know i hope not but yeah maybe so okay so all this this uh this talk here you know drug runners and this and that so pat you're an ex-police officer right yeah, that's right and uh you jetted down here because you're in rhode island and it's all about surf, it, it's, you know. You know, like I've been a surfer since 1965. I'm an old guy, but I've been a surfer since 1965. So no matter what I did in my life, I was always a surfer. So I come down here to surf. And uh, when I uh, when did Joe you retire would be, from the police force. Or? Yeah, I, I retired in 2011. And um, you know, for years I. I'd come down, Joe would need some help down here every once in a while, I'd come down and give him a hand with some stuff, and then when I retired, he had some things that he needed to have done, and I came down to help him out, and pretty much never left after that, so, uh, but, uh, 
It's all about surf, man. All about surf. I want to hear some of your crime stories, though. Uh, we really don't need to get into those. <laughs> okay. We, we really don't, you know? <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> we'll let that go, then. Yeah. Uh, th those people that I used to hunt, they know who I am. Man. <laughs> you know? they, they can tell the story. You can still find them. Dude, I flew into Providence for Hurricane Earl, and at the airport, he gives me a bulletproof vest and takes me to a home invasion or okay, raid. A raid yeah. Sorry, not, it's a raid when you're not the, cool. when you're, it, it's actually very scary. These dudes were like, there was just. You didn't, dude, you weren't breaking down the door. They had me go the first. Box. I was no like, way. am I supposed to be in the back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we made Joe sit in the car Joe until we secured the house. <laughs> May as well have been first. I was I you left me all alone in the car. <laughs> all the dudes came the out the back door like, hey, hey. <laughs> no, that's but awesome. yeah, that's pretty funny. I used to go up there a lot. We'd hang out and surf uh, Batunic and Point Judith a lot in Rhode Island. And uh, yeah, I mean, the dudes definitely got plenty of stories to tell. It's a different podcast, though, huh? Yeah, that's a that's a podcast for another day. But uh, you know, I lived an interesting life. Not bad. I you know, worked um, worked a lot of cases. I was in narcotics and organized crime units, so uh, saw a lot of stuff, and we did a lot of stuff. Some of it was fun, some of it was not so fun. <laughs> but uh, it's all about the surf, man. That's all why I'm about here. The surf. You hadn't been surfing much this week. No, I haven't. You know, like I, I I haven't been surfing much. Period. You know, we've been really busy, and I I get I get focused on work and. Uh, I've been struggling with uh, with some shoulder problems. Because so, you've been blowing it up at the gym like every day. Yeah, you know, so, uh, but uh, it's on my bucket list to, to, to do every single day again. You know, I say I haven't been surfing much. I'm still surfing more than most people on the East Coast. We surfed together sure. yesterday morning, dude. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. It seems like forever ago. I mean, I, I'm not happy because I'm not on my game, but, you know, I am getting older, so, you know. It's, it's rough when you're wearing a... a, a an adult depends on the water, you know, it gets, it gets, it gets filled bag. up with water and, you know, and drags you down. <laughs> just patch it, you'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. Dude, you're aging like a fine wine, man. Still getting plenty of great waves out there. So, okay, so staying fit as we get older, especially in, in, in terms of how it can help surfing. You guys have talked about it a little bit on a, one of your podcasts in the past, but, uh, you know, basically, yeah, just get out and surf more, man. You know, but for an inland guy, you know, water nowhere near him. You know, I, I these surf trips, I, I I take months ahead of time, really trying to get in, you know, whatever practical shape I can be in, and, and I'm constantly battling shoulder or little tendonitis in the arms or you know different things. Yeah, that's what they invented ibuprofen for. You know, <laughs> like you take 800 milligrams of ibuprofen before you go surfing. And, straightened you out because it becomes anti-inflammatory at that point in time but you know you got to stay fit but there's nothing that can do nothing that can replace surfing for surfing yeah. you know like but i can lift as many weights do? as i want i can run as many miles as i want um but nothing unless you get on a machine that simulates the paddling and arching your neck and your back yeah there's really nothing that yeah, almost paddling a board, just flat water paddling is the most similar, followed by probably swimming. Well, that's you know? what I was getting at is uh, of all the things, when I first started coming down here, I was just 
heavy weightlifter, and, and I thought I'd be pretty good, and I just tried to muscle everything, and it was like, yeah, really, you get really, exhausted. Really, oh, it's just yeah. working harder than you should, and, yeah. and it was frustrating, but that's why I loved it, because, you know, hey, if it were easy, anybody could do it. I, I, I'd take to that. I, I want to get better, and uh, so I started evolving training over the years, and a big fan of the P90X programs, because it's got such a variety, and right. getting the, you know, yoga mixed in there, that's a big help. But, and, and then uh, Bruce, right after our first year, he went out and bought, you know, a sweet wake surf boat. So we wake surfed like crazy and got really good at it. And then we came down here the next year and thought, oh, we're going to be, we're going to be awesome. And it was nothing. No, like sir. <laughs> it's yeah. still horrible. Then it finally dawned on me that 90% of surfing is paddling. And so literally at least three days a week, all year long, even wetsuit time sometimes, uh, we just go to the lake, which is 10 minutes from my house, and uh, lay on our boards and paddle and practice popping up. We even bring Frisbees out, so if you're 20 yards beside me, I'll pop up and fumble for the Frisbee and toss it to you. You pop a second later, grab it, maybe get it back to me. That's yeah, cool. that, that's all good stuff right there. How's, that, really how's that been working out on this trip? Um, well, fantastic. I mean, yeah, yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it's 100%. 100% helped, helps me, me serve. We've been doing it the last few years. And uh, also, um, I'm probably not familiar with the machine, but we get so many cool, you know, exercise machines in and out of my store. We're really a fitness store as much yeah. as anything. But uh, um, you ever heard of the Soloflex Rocket? It's a basically a squat machine. You know, all you're doing is just lower half. And so, I, I, for the last month or two, I've been doing just you know lightweight, you know, just just a hundred squats on that every other day. And I swear that's helped more than I thought it would too. I, I didn't really consider how much legs still have to do. It. Well, it's legs, and it's also the twisting movement for turns that yeah, really puts a, a you know a strain on your hips and your lower back. So it's always good to exercise that stuff. Yeah. Because if anything is going to go when you get older, it's going to be your back because of that twisting motion on a surfboard. Yeah. So what are you doing down here other than surfing? Is there a gym close by? Or yeah, right? there's a gym actually right next door to the brewery uh, where, you know, the Volcano Brewing Company. And I go there, uh, you know, like four days a week, yeah. do, you know, an hour and change. and Just lifting weights? And I have a mountain bike, and, you know, once in a while I'll run again. I used to be a runner, and I'm not running as much as I used to, but, uh, you know, I just stay active. It's, it's something that I've done uh, since I was a kid. And um, you know, if you if you're gonna do extreme sports, you gotta Prepare exercise. You gotta be ready for it. You know? How about you, Jeff? Um, I have a I have a home gym, so I don't use the gym in town here. I've gone to it, but I'm like, I'm more of like not the P90X program, but a version of it where not as heavy weights, but in quick succession to keep your heart rate up. So it's a mixture of a cardio and a workout. I found that works really well, yeah. especially. The exercises, like you're saying, squats or pull-ups. There's a lot to be said, I think, about your legs and about your core. I also run these hills uh, pretty frequently behind the brewery here because it's this paved network of roads. And so, you know, I uh, I find though if I run too much, it really wipes me out. And uh, and I'm yeah. not always hitting hitting the weights. Pat's really been religious about the gym and the weights for years. Where I kind of go through periods of weights followed by I run usually and then I think the diet because I used to eat really bad like in my 20s 
and even my early 30s, I didn't really pay a lot of attention to that. I, that, may, that makes more difference for me than anything is the fuel, you know. I had no gas this morning because I ate chicken wings last night. <laughs> That's okay, though. Well, it's also, I, you, you got to watch out down here because you get dehydrated. And if you don't have enough fluids in you, you're gonna get out in the water and you're gonna you're gonna die out there. Yeah, you don't realize it, that you're sweating. So when you're chicken surfing. wings, you know, that's actually not a, that's not that bad of a fuel, but it's all about fluids. But not in addition to fluids, it's not as good as the Casado witches with plantains and spring. Yeah, that's right. As a matter of fact, that's what I had last night. I had the night before, and I had so much energy yesterday. Yeah, yeah that's they, a great get, meal. You get mm -hmm. a hard-boiled egg, corn, and all that stuff. It's all good stuff. So you know? good. Yeah. No, but uh, I mean, I can, I can tell you really, really take care of yourself, and it's very inspiring to me because in my store, you can just see it. So those that take care of themselves, they're doing better. The ones that have neglected themselves, they're running into problems. You know, their medications, knee and back, and yeah. all kinds of problems, and and they, they're in a bad way, and they come in, you know. And, maybe get an exercise bike from me and then uh, doctor says I only need it for 90 days <laughs> yeah as opposed to just building it into their <laughs> yeah. routine yeah yeah, yeah. lifestyle exactly I heard you guys mention uh, in one of your episodes uh, uh, Wim Hof yeah have you tried that yet um you know what I haven't I'm, j I'm slowly warming up to the idea of cold water so I'm like To be honest, the Wim Hof method is a combination of breathing and cold water. Right. And once I, and so no, I haven't worked on my breathing. I've been working on just surfing in colder water than Costa Rica. I, <laughs> I hear it's, it's colder. Well, yeah, Nikki started taking, like actually swimming with a, like a coach and they were really focusing on their breathing. I don't think it was following the Wim Hof method. I'm not really, I'm not a hundred percent sure of, how that even works but i'm pretty sure it's like it's like the dude goes out in like the arctic cold in like his boxer shorts and he's totally super healthy and i think it all started because he had a really like a tragedy like in his in his, his personal life like wife his wife committed suicide yeah something exactly right yeah. so so he, i don't know he was probably like i'm just gonna do some real crazy shit and then he found out that that it was actually really helping him in a lot of ways i i try to take cold showers that's like Kind of the same mentality, right? And yeah. uh, I don't know, but I, I but well, no. I'll just, I'll just, <laughs> well, let me just share with you. I mean, so I, I first, uh, you know, heard of him and you know, known the parlor tricks that he did to garner attention uh, for his cause or his beliefs. And uh, I saw, you know, on uh, on YouTube, Vice, that uh, kind of yeah show called Vice. Anyway. That's the network. Yeah, yeah, okay. It, but they did an interview with him, and that kind of broke him. And I watched that, and then I listened to a couple of Joe Rogan pod, uh, podcasts with him on it. So I started experimenting uh, with it. Uh, and so, so the last few years, I've finished 99% you know, of the times, so I've finished every shower, which is as cold as it can get. And sure enough, it, it does make you feel better, and it's supposed to help with a lot of things. And, you know, Navy SEALs train in the cold water. And stuff, yeah. So there's some merit to it. But the breathing. So... You know, you basically hyperventilate for 30 seconds and then let it out. And, and for those listening, you know, uh, I guess study the proper way to do it. I'm, I'm summarizing this, but uh, um, after, you know, 30 deep breaths and you exhale and then hold your breath uh -huh. after you exhale. And I can regularly hold my breath for over two minutes doing that. And my record so far is three minutes and three seconds. 
Well. And I've done it before workouts, and I can tell you my workouts are, are better. Because, you know, like a car, you need more oxygen through the tank, and everything just works better. So I, I've become kind of a believer in it. Uh, I encourage you to experiment. Well, be, being able to hold your breath for a long time is really beneficial as it relates to surfing. But it's holding your breath, your breath under stress. That's, that's right. In, that's important for surfing. So, um, because when you get held down by a big wave, <laughs> ten seconds, <laughs> you're, you're you're getting thrashed about, and you know you're burning oxygen because of your nerves, and um, and you because you're fighting it whether you think you are or not. So, I don't know much about the program that you're talking about, but I do know that I, w I surfed in cold water for 50 years. And that's why I'm here, because it's warm. So God bless you. Go hold your breath in cold water all you want, bro. I'm not, I'm not, I just dislike the idea of how it, how it makes me yeah. makes you feel. And, and he's he contends that by basically, you know, not not that you could hold your breath then longer in a in a panic situation necessarily, but then it taps into your endocrine system, so it, it helps you prevents you from getting sick. And it flushes your body with testosterone. Like if you were to come out of here and step off the curb and almost get hit by a car, you know, you're you're fueled with this and you almost feel awesome there for a little while. But you can't duplicate a near-death experience every day. But holding your breath to the point of panic, I guess, internally releases some of these things. Yeah. I don't know, but it... it I can see that. Well, I can definitely see, like, I know, like, with the cold water, like, like a pol depression and things like the that. polar, like, bear club, whatever, they go jump in, like, ice cold water up in the Great Lakes every winter and just trunks and, you know, and even, like, you, know, you go back to this uh, Native Americans that have, like, done the hot rock sauna on the teepee and they jump in the ice cold river, shit like that. Well, you know, you know I'm all for doing things that makes you feel better. Like, one thing that makes me feel better is sex. Like, I, you know, but... At this age, I'm really not having much sex anymore. I'm thinking a lot about it, but that makes <laughs> me feel good. There, you know, that makes uh, me feel good. <laughs> so, uh, Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Yeah, that's uh, Joe. Looks like the guy from Cobra Kai. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like the kid. You know, the punky kid. That's that's what Joe looks like. Yeah, in the eighties. The, the so, dick okay. in the eighties. Totally, dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude. What can I say, man? And I was trying to think, so I was like, uh, uh, I see a little Jeremy Hobson. Is that the guy's name from uh, River Monsters? I don't know. Uh, who, with Pat? With Pat, yeah. Oh, I'm thinking more of, uh, who's the dude from, uh, come on, who's the actor guy with uh, G Gary, uh, shit. Busey? No. <laughs> Gary, Gary Busey's supposed to be coming down here. Um, He's a surfer. Yeah, he is. Um, what, dude, that, you know what I'm talking about? Who's the dude they always tell you you look like? He was the guy that was trying to end the world. He was in the military, and he was trying to end the world in that movie with... Uh, oh, it was something to do with Avatar, wasn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? What's I that, what's I that guy's name? I don't know his name. I'm going to IMDb it. A little bit. While you're looking that up, I'm going to kind of wrap got chicken scratch notes here. I'm going to rapid fire a couple, couple questions. Uh, uh, indulgences you miss from home? It's tough to get down here. Um, food or you can, right now, you can get anything you want down here. Um, you know, food-wise, um, probably anything you want drug-wise. But I would, 
I would say that's not why you should be coming down here. But um, I, I don't, uh, there's not much that I miss, you know. I wish they didn't sell those cheeky cookies at uh, Automacado because I'm still addicted to those things. There's chocolate wafer cookies. Those are pretty good. Those yeah. Recreo, how do you say that? Cheeky. Oh, no, that's a that's a cookie I always get when I'm down here. Recreo or something. It's like a vanilla Oreo, basically. It's ridiculous. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty lucky. I don't have the sweet tooth. I was, like, pretty, like, bummed in the beer scene here for years, but that's definitely changed. Thanks um, to you, right? Thanks to you guys, right? In, in part, yeah. I mean, it was started as a joke because I used to think Costa Rica was perfect, except we didn't have any... Uh, any hoppy beers I've always been you know from San Diego and I've always liked a good you know pale ale or IPA and there was nothing in the country until we started making IPAs back in 2011 really I mean there wasn't even really any craft breweries until until maybe a year before then I think we were the second one second or third right there at the very beginning and now maybe there's 50 or 60 so or where all do you uh, ship your we actually, uh, we only have a handful of wholesale accounts, and then we sell our beer mainly, uh, well, obviously we're here at the brewery, so we sell our beer here, but most of it we sell at the surf camp, at our bars and restaurants there. Mm -hmm. We have a few accounts in the area. We're picking up a few more, because we, uh, we're just getting some new kegerators in, actually, this week. Or Do you have big plans for that, or is it just to kind of keep it local? And we're, um, we're moving into canning. We're canning right now with a crawler, but we're moving into getting a better canning line. Not necessarily high volume, but like a better system that purges the oxygen, because that's really what degrades a beer is oxygen. So okay. when you package a beer in a can or a bottle or a keg or anything, part of the process is purging all of the oxygen out, out and you use co2 to as you're learning well just as you so literally are filling the it. container like uh you know like a good can filler will fill the the can from the bottom to the top and as the beer rises it's pushing all of the oxygen out and um and then you quickly cap it and seam it and that's that gives you a decent shelf life but if you um, if you're just pouring beer to a can and manually capping it like a crowler downstairs, there's still oxygen in there, and you know within a week it'll it'll you'll lose your carbonation. It'll start to uh, you know the, the taste profile will change. I'm like I'm not like a total beer snob, but it's got a, you know I I definitely appreciate good beer, and if we're gonna do it, we do, we need to do it. Do it right. Do yeah. You see, do you see my eyes glaze over while we were talking about that? Well, you're not a drinker, right? I just boring. It's boring. Oh, the whole thing's boring. Yeah, maybe. Well, Pat doesn't drink, so it is boring for him. But I, I, I tend to think that beer is pretty awesome. It's been around for a very long time. It's gonna always be around. It's better to. I was always missing it to answer your question. So, you know, we kind of solved the problem. How do you it. pick the, the flavors that you get? Like three main. We've actually expanded. Um, we've got our Gato Malo and our Pale Ale, or our first two beers, and then a few years ago we came with our flagship IPA. And then, so, so how do you do it? I mean, you, you come up hey, how's this taste? Like, all right, let's run with that. Well, you know how, like we said, Nikki was like our, you know, our go-to for anything. Well, when we moved our brewery, because we used to, from 2011 to 13, we were leasing a facility in Arenal, and we were, we were, we had subcontracted, we had contract brewed our beer with another brewer up in Arenal, and then in 2013, when we were done with that relationship, we moved our brewery to Tamarindo to be where the waves are and where the surf camp is and 
we were like, all right, Nikki, get on YouTube, start reading the forums, you're brewing the beer. Figure it out. And he did. He did an amazing job. Yeah, he's he's a real talented guy. I mean, like, he figured it out. He's a, he's a, a wrench and pipe guy, too. He loves working on that kind of yeah. stuff. And so, like, he just... He just uh, took to it, and uh, so the IPA recipe was his. He came up with that, and you know, there's like tons of like forums like ProBrewer.com or, you know, I mean, the beer world is a lot friendlier than the surf world, like as far as the industry side. You know, surfers are just kind of assholes. Yeah, I mean, they're the beer. The beer people, companies and the beer guys down here they share information. Yeah, they yeah. share where they can find the best hops we put our we pool yeah. our money with other breweries to bring in supplies because we'll together that's awesome that's how everything should it's be. how it should be right yeah, yeah. yeah so that part's great um i'm part of a franchise system with my business mm-hmm. that's what we're all about yeah. yeah yeah but basically yeah so we so you know nikki kind of put that one together and then we uh recruited a, a lead brewer from uh, craft brewing a couple years ago oscar who is a surfer and wanted to move to the beach so it was a good move as Nikki moved into other areas of the business. And so Oscar's been doing the brewing and, uh, and he's continued to develop some recipes. So he, we did like, well, we did that joint, we did a collaboration with a South African brewery to do this tropical IB, IPA, which uses a passion fruit. We hadn't tried that. And, um, and that turned out awesome. In yeah. fact, you know, we, we can't keep it in inventory now and we have to source the hops. Uh, they're harder to get. so. Until we have a, a firm line on that, we can't always make that beer. But um, and they also Oscar did this Magdalena beer, which is like a really beachy light uh, ale. Uh, it's actually our top seller, along with the IPA, because when you're on the beach, it's light. Yeah. yeah, you don't want something necessarily heavy. Middle of the day, you're on the beach, you want a nice beer. You don't want to, you're not looking for an imperial, but you don't want like a really heavy six and a half percent. That's for sure. Something. Yeah. So <laughs> that's where the Magdalena has been clutch. So. In the early days, so kind of jumping topics here. Where, where was the uh, the turning point when you when you like you kind of got you, you kind of looked ask Jeeves or something dot uh, com on how to build a resort, didn't you? Or, or I, yeah, it's a funny joke, but it's true. Yeah, that website's not even around anymore. Right, might as well have been. It was before Google was really the the thing. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the same way you, Nikki learned to brew by getting on YouTube. That's kind of how the whole business was. Just figured I'll do this. Why not? Exactly. It still, it still is. We're still, do, it's still what we do. That's how you do it. And yeah, did you when have I, like when a magic I think, moment where like, okay, this is this is turning into something more than the sleepy stoners in a, in a hammock around it, you know? I, I kind of thought that way this morning a little bit, but maybe, then. Maybe that's happened, but. Maybe not. We're going, we're going 100 miles an hour all the time new things are happening all the time so you're not able to really rest on your laurels here and that's a fact um you know a little bit more so lately but um every time i think that i've seen it all something changes down here in the business or a, a problem that we didn't think we were going to have we have yeah so it's probably at any business that you care yeah. enough about to, to drive yeah the only the only difference i can say is that in the United States there's a lot of resources and down here when that kind of stuff happens you don't have a lot of resources that, that can help you so you know it's all kinds of stuff like that so speaking of that in the early days I mean I'm, I'm sure you didn't, you didn't come down here as a multi-millionaire or anything no what uh, 
So you're catch as catch can and reinvesting it obviously continually into your business. I brought the bus down here so I could live in it. Live in it. Yeah, and, and figure so it intrepid, out. Yeah. I mean, that's actually, that was the whole foundation of the business. That was like a surf camp on wheels. So we rented where Eat at Joe's, the restaurant is there. That's an old beach house. And we started by renting that and we had people in tents and- uh, Just hustling. Yeah, I was teaching lessons in front. And even before then I was renting a house in Cocoa and I'd bought a boat for like nine grand and I was taking people to witches. But I, I found out early on it was Tamarinda was, even 20 years ago, I could tell that was gonna be the place and uh and i had a lot more enjoyment dealing with people that were learning to surf and uh i mean we deal with we get people surfers of all levels at the surf camp from never having surfed through pro surfers but the core of what we do is beginner intermediates and it's we were talking about earlier i think the the fun stoke you have especially when you're a beginner like that energy you can't replicate it really the longer Please. you surf the harder it is to make yourself happy because you've had so many sessions i mean i love I'm accepting now because, you know, gotten so many great waves, but I, I, I think I was more stoked on surfing when I was definitely not as good of a surfer and I was just, you know, it was like home nerding out on the sport and on the scene. When's the last kooky thing you did? I do kooky things all the time. <laughs> I'm, I mean... Can you attest for that? <laughs> well, I can't attest for his kookiness, but I can attest for my own kookiness, you know, like Everyone's every a once in a while you, you take off on a wave and it's like, you say... Geez, did I, did I surf? Do, am I a surfer? Because you, you <laughs> dude, dude, and no, you, and you just go, what the hell? Like I'm clueless. You know, it just it I, happens. I went know? to I went to England like two months ago with Nikki on a surf trip, and the water was like freezing, and you need like a thick suit. He had a five mil. I had a four three. I had booties. I never wear booties. You know, I paddle out at Fistral Beach, the, all these dudes, you know, and here's my mo my moment to make my mark, my first wave, and just totally, totally just blew it and blew, like, the next five waves. Like, I, I started off so bad. I'm like, you know. I'm really a good surfer. I'll do, I go back to California, and I don't surf the same. Like, I was surfing Casitas the other day and just slaying it, man, having so much fun. But then I'll go back to California, and the waves are punchier, and you got to wear a suit. And there's a lot of competition, and you got to really be on your game more. You got to, you know, you you got to more competitively get in position. Yeah. And, um, and and I, I don't know. I think I mentally I get like beat because I I'm so relaxed here that I can almost do it in my sleep. I know I can surf, but I definitely kook out when I go to like these cold water spots. But I'm. I'm actually more it's allowed me to be more accepting of the whole thing like I don't even care as much on a surf trip if I get good waves good waves are like a bonus yeah like I went to Morocco and I had a couple great sessions but also got sick and also went flat and you know but like I still like I went to Morocco and I rode a camel and I like ate tagines and I like was like it was awesome you know I and I, I remember like one wave or two waves for the trip it wasn't like I scored anchor point. It was the best waves I had in 10 years. The best waves I had are always like right out in front of the camp because we're here so much and whenever it turns on, you Plus know. Plus you guys know it so well. That's like, it. Yeah. See, for me, it's almost like I, I get here on a trip and I'm surfing. I wake up early and I, I got to go regardless of what the swell's doing or whatever. That's and good I, though. You should do that. We, we, we're lazy. My body's ready. Like I'm going now, you know. Yeah. Like Dirk Bigler. 
I'm ready now. <laughs> oh, you mean like instead of maybe wait a couple hours for the tide to fill in and the conditions right. and to improve? I noticed that a couple of years ago, whenever I was here, I'd come in and already surfed, and it was it was kind of okay. The waves weren't doing great. And I saw you, and I'm kind of chatting you up, and you're just kind of looking over my shoulder, <laughs> getting ready to go out. And I think it didn't even dawn on to me to go out at 10 o'clock in the morning, and yeah. you get up first thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. We're, well, here, the winds, you know, they, they, uh, they're a little harder and less predictable. Um, the tides, the tides shift is so great that high tide can be one thing and low tide can be something else completely. And then the current going out on a dropping tide just change, just can sweep everyone out of the lineup in the river mouth. And if you, and if you know that, you know, to stay on the far inside, almost like standing. So the current doesn't suck you out and then a set will pop up and then you'll be right there and everyone else is kind of getting like get 30 minutes of catching everything and then just 30 minutes of just cold as ice yeah can't catch nothing i think if you were to stay here longer you would just kind of get in sync that's what happens you know like i'm not in a hurry anymore i when i used to first come down here i i'd try to charge every single thing i could get as many waves as i could and now i uh i go on i just wait i'll wait for the wave that i want and you know if uh, somebody is in a better position than me i'll let them have the wave and then i'll just there's plenty of waves and and i'm not going to get upset and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna uh, worry about it right and and so you know it is what it is true that no he's not what's the other movie with i've been uh, i've been people have told me lots of times that I look like Ed Harris and yeah that's who it is Ed Harris Harris. I've had Ed Harris I've had in the old days I have uh, Clint Eastwood and uh, I've even been people have even thought that I was sting sometimes see that too yeah yeah you get that look you look like a lot of different people yeah all right so I just just look like the dick from Karate Kid (laughs) (laughs) Sweep, sweep the knee, sweep he the knee. Is a tool in every movie he's ever been in. <laughs> I know, dude. <laughs> so funny. He's always getting laid, though. You noticed that? Uh, well, no, I hadn't. But, uh, <laughs> Dressed up as the skeleton there in uh, Karate Kid oh, yeah, yeah, with his little hoodlums. <laughs> so, okay, raising a family here. Well, first of all, work. I think, how do you even work if you surf in the morning, surf at night? I'm so exhausted in the middle of the day, and it's so freaking hot. But then, yeah, family life too. And uh, what's that like? Are there are there team sports and kids sports other than surfing? And well, it's a pretty in depth sort of question, man. I mean, it's definitely different than the states. But like, I spent a lot of years thinking that my kids' upbringing was different than mine, and and that somehow that was inferior. But the matter is, the fact is, like, just because I grew up in a suburb, and you know had like a certain structure in my upbringing my kids grew up living upstairs above the bar with the mariachi bands and then even now we live down the street but i mean we got the peepas guy we got the the hobos on the beach we got all these little micro businesses occurring with the nicaraguan vendors and the dudes setting up camp over here they're seeing this little economy of the surf camp and the world around it in town and that's that's probably pretty educational you know? I think it's great. I mean, uh, my kids, uh, they, they're, they're grown down. My youngest is 19, and, oh, man, I, you know, I think we did a great job all in all. But, uh, you know, if there's things I would do over, it's the whole uh, the team sport thing. 
Yeah. And it's just so all-consuming. We had three kids, and they're, you know. Were they doing team sports? Well, all of them, you know, lacrosse, football, baseball. And it just, you, you got, you know, four nights a week of practices. You got games all weekend. Now yep. you're traveling to different cities. And then you got three kids, so the other one, you got to tow them along. And they're not. Yeah, I'm totally opposite, man. Right. And that's what I'm, I, I, I couldn't win that debate with my good lady uh, because I just, I, I wanted kind of little to do with all that. I didn't, I didn't think it was that fulfilling, you know. And yeah. Maybe a little bit of it, fine, but uh, I think we could have gained so much more by just the, you know, the, the family dinners at night, you know, at the table versus, now uh, we got, oh, you can't go on spring break because coach says you got to be there to practice or you're not going to get to play, and it's such bullshit, you know. Yeah, my, my, my middle son has been playing American football at home. We play, like, every day after school, and he's so in love with the sport. He, like, sleeps with his football. For the last half year, he's been just asking me every day to literally, like, he wants to play football. There's no football program here. So we started looking at schools, maybe try a year back in the States and let him play Pop Warner or do something like that. But then, um, and that would probably be the only thing that we're really missing because both of my boys, they're not really into surf as though I would hope they would be. But I'm, I'm fine the fact that they're not. They're taking their own paths. Hey, your son Happy was a charger, though. He, you know, he, liked, he surfed really well. Okay, so, you know, he, you know, so he right now he doesn't want to surf, but yeah, no, he's, you know, next week he might. Yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah, and then Otis, who's going to turn fourteen in a couple months, he did the adult lifeguard program last summer, the training lifeguard training, Excellent, yeah. and uh, was the youngest person ever in the program here. Pretty cool, um, which is cool. Yeah, so I mean, I think they're getting a lot of experience, seeing a family business, seeing a small town, the ocean. They're experiencing it a lot of different ways. My kid just had his birthday on the beach on. Saturday. That was so cute. You know, had yeah, you brought a bunch of stuff down. Thanks again for doing that. All his little girlfriends and friends yeah. over. Yeah, yeah. They're all so yeah. cute. They're all like oh, totally. 12 years old or whatever. Yeah, he wanted to do it on the beach. So, stuff. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I don't think I ever had one birthday on the beach growing up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, is it different? Yeah. You know, would I do things differently? I don't know. I'm like, I feel like, I feel like uh, for all the positives and, and negatives, you know, it's still a some positive you know like being down here is pretty awesome and i'm you know my kids dig it you know my whole family digs it so i don't know maybe there's a few a few food items we might miss you know it's my kids wish we had amazon there's no there's no addresses here so there's no like you don't get mail amazon doesn't deliver nothing really delivers here you know um so so things like that you know there there aren't like parking lots we don't really drive very much anyways but you know, yeah, sidewalks seems like a simple thing. I wish we had more of them. That's you what know. I was saying to Pat on the way over here. A better concrete business could kill. Yeah, no, it's true. Those are the things. You know, uh, uh, even parks. You know, we're getting the community's maturing. More and more opportunities for families. Um, it's been pretty sweet. You know, I, I definitely there's more families that moved down. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's been it's been pretty rewarding. I don't think I would do it any differently. You shouldn't. You guys are doing it all right. I uh, again and listened into your podcast quite a bit. I really enjoyed your Get Out and Surf podcast. Y'all need to check it out. But uh, you had your sunset. Uh, uh, show us your sunset. The, the sunset last night was awesome, breathtaking. Yeah, it was. I saw that. It was little, little veins of clouds through there. I haven't seen sunsets anywhere in the world like Tamarindo. Just Tamarindo, and I, I lived in Avianas for a while, and I've traveled throughout Central America. Tamarindo sunset. I don't know what it is. 
incredible. Yeah, the way the hills and the clouds bend over the hills and sit over the point. Yeah, and there's then, a lot of different contrasts here. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Well, gentlemen, I will I will let you get about your day, but I really want you to know that you've got uh, uh, a group of friends here uh, back in the States that really wish you guys the best. And, and we have you know, a little bit in common, both being business owners. I, I guess any small businesses anywhere all have some things in common. Yeah, we're yeah. part of a brotherhood. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> But I really appreciate everything you guys do, and uh, I've cherished every moment down here. I brought my children down here, brought my wife down here, and uh, we're going to keep coming. Well, we're well, super we, we love having you. Yeah, you know? again and again, man. It's, Always uh, welcome, your man. family. You've been coming down for a lot of years. So. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. And I love your love, love all your staff. It's, everyone's a good group of people. And, uh, um, you know, this Maxi Waxy sticker, I think you guys should have those in your surf shop. You're probably right. And, uh, I bet, I bet with uh, each character that you have working for you, you can see who sells the best. <laughs> you know? We should make trading cards. <laughs> well, something like that. Yeah. I know, I'd love to see something on the menu for my uh, El Lechero, my, nick, my local nickname down here, <laughs> or a wave name, or a something. That's awesome. <laughs> but uh, anyway, thanks again, guys. Uh, play more, take care of yourselves. We'll, uh, we'll talk again soon. Right. Vida. Thanks for having us. All right, guys. All right, hey, I hope you enjoyed the show. Again, this has been brought to you by Play It Again Sports in Kennesaw. And if you like the Play More podcast, just please do us a favor. Uh, subscribe. Uh, you can rate and review it. Share it with anyone you think might like it. Uh, and don't forget, you can always email the show at surferj1 at gmail.com. That's S-U-R-F-E-R-J-A-Y, the number one at gmail.com and I'll reply. Also, you can check us out on Instagram at PIA Sports Kennesaw. Uh, so just go take care of yourself and be strong, safe, less vulnerable, and be able to do the things you want to do and play more.